Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. It is December 8th, and it is just about the biggest possible news on December 8th, and that is Tiger Woods and son Charlie have committed to once again play in the PNC Championship, formerly known as the father-son December 18th and 19th in Orlando. That is the tournament they played last year, had a ball alongside the Thomases, and they are back in probably 10 months after Tiger's horrifying crash. We will catch up with Rex Hoggard, who was in the Bahamas last week at the Hero World Challenge, spoke to Tiger one-on-one, witnessed his eye-opening range sessions, and so we'll get all of his immediate reaction and perhaps even a prediction on what 2022 could look like. Now, first, the Callaway Chrome Soft Golfball family is winning some of the biggest events in the world. His world number one, John Rahm, PGA champion Phil Mickelson, and LPGA icon Annika Sorenstam have all shown in 2021. These balls are better for major champions and better for everyone. Rahm has even said that his golf ball was one of the keys to winning the U.S. Open. Of course, Xander Shoffley also took gold in Tokyo with the new Chrome Soft XLS that helps him control his spin through the bag. For more on Chrome Soft golf balls, visit CallawayGolf.com. Rex, you have returned from the Bahamas. Uh, Tanner and your liver uh, is probably hurting as well. You saw Tiger up close and personal. First question, are you surprised that he has now signed up for the PNC? I mean, if you'd asked me a week ago at this time, I would have said yes. But now having seen what transpired, I mean, again, look, we can only base what we know on what he shows us. I mean, he's very careful with that. I mean, based on the video that he sent out in November, the three-second video that broke the internet, no, I would not have said that he's anywhere close. Even return to his words, not mine, a hit and giggle like the PNC Championship. We scoffed at this, Rex. We scoffed at this on the podcast. We thought it was absolutely, utterly absurd, the possibility that after that video was posted to social media, that he could play in this. We scoffed at that idea. And look, this goes back to, and I just said this on Golf Today, and I'm sure that well, I'll say it again, just based on what we knew in February, anyone who saw pictures of that SUV just absolutely mangled. Anyone, I, I drove to the site where the crash occurred. I mean, there was a lot of destruction in the path that he left behind him. Hearing what his doctors said about the surgeries that they talked about. And I mean, we can only assume that there was plenty of things that went on medically that they didn't talk about talking to medical experts. There is no way I could have ever, I, I'm not a gambling man. You don't know how to gamble, but if someone would have no, asked me in February, Hey, I know how bad this looks, but he'll be playing in December with his son at the PNC championship. I would have lost a lot of money because even if it's tiger woods. And again, you, I don't doubt tiger. I know if anyone can do it, he can do it, but that was a long way to go from, and he admitted this last week during press conference, various press conferences, that it was very, very close to amputating that leg. This isn't a small injury. This was a major injury that took a lot of rehab, that took a lot of pain, a lot of energy, a lot of focus. He was bedridden for a long time. He graduated to a wheelchair. He kind of walked us through how this all turned out. So, no, there's no way before last week I would have said that he was anywhere close to this. And then, I mean, I think – he started giving everyone glimpses, and it started to seem more and more likely. Yeah, look, Rex, this is, this is a testament to modern medicine. This is a testament to Tiger's incredible will, his perseverance, his pain tolerance, 
in just his competitive attitude. I think it's also a testament, Rex, to uh, the impact of a father-son relationship. Uh, Tiger is doing this for Charlie. There is no doubt in my mind that he's doing this for Charlie. And in fact, the last line of his statement said, quote, I'm playing as a dad and couldn't be more excited and proud. If this was just any sort of hit and giggle, if he was playing the shark shootout, there is zero chance that Tiger Woods would be teeing it up in that competition. But to be able to do it with Charlie, the tournament they played in last year, he is by all accounts a very good player in his own right. You had just imagined the motivating factor that that was over the last three to six months with Charlie compelling him to get back on the range and, and taking his preparation a little bit more seriously. Hey, we've got an end goal in sight. We want to play the PNC together on December 18th. You need to get your game in sharp, quit belly aching, quit feeling sorry for yourself, get off the couch and let's do this thing together. I don't think that can be discounted. And so Tiger saying I'm playing as a dad, that is basically translating as, do not pay attention to how I play. I'm probably not going to hit drives. I may just, in fact, just be chipping and putting for all we know and hitting a couple of wedge shots. To me, that he's even upright and has this possibility um, is, is incredible and it, just an incredible turn of events over the past 12 months. When we did this uh, podcast, Rex, last week, you had just had your one-on-one sit-down with Tiger, but things seemed to exponentially increase. If you remember... Back in that press conference, he's talking about how, you know, the goal, the goal is to play a limited schedule, but he said he is so far uh, away, a long ways to go before he could potentially take on PJ Tour caliber talent. What did you see in his range sessions over the past couple of days that certainly uh, set the internet ablaze? Yeah, before I went on golf today, Jaime Diaz came on and just asked me point blank, Rex, is this swing tour ready? And absolutely not. It's not tour ready. Like what we saw on Saturday, what we saw on Sunday, the rain sessions were much more encouraging than that three second video. There were driver swings. There were swings with some speed. It was impressive. I mean, he hit more balls in those two rain sessions than I've probably hit in the last two years, which shouldn't be a huge surprise. That being said, you're absolutely right. He's doing this only for Charlie. And I don't think there's any doubt that, this format sets up perfectly for him. He can ride a golf cart. He can have Charlie take care of all the, the tee ball duties because Charlie gets a huge advantage playing the forward tee. Charlie, be- Charlie better be striping it. Like, what if he? What if Charlie starts spraying this thing? Right, like if he's hitting oh, banana God. slices like you and I do into into the palmetto bushes. We got it. We got a big problem. We got a big problem on our hand for Team Woods. Well, and I go back to last year. I don't know how many of Tiger's drives they actually used last year. There were a couple of holes where he would sit and watch back on the back tee, Charlie tee off, and then wait and get the thumbs up and then just start walking up. So it, this isn't out of the ordinary. I mean, they had already decided what their game plan was, and you're absolutely right. He probably just would rather hit some wedges, chip, and putt, and feels like, well, that's going to be good enough, and that's going to be fun this week. But no, it's absolutely not tour ready, and I think that you know, I, you and I – kind of talked about this before it's a fool's errand to sit here and try to look ahead but you and i both are fools we've clearly proven that but as of right now i think this is this is very unique it shows you're right a testament to modern science and technology it also is a testament to how hard when tiger woods wants something he's going to make it happen and in this particular case he wanted to make his son happy and he made that happen that to me is the part that i'm just going to marvel at because again we all saw the crash we all heard the prognosis. It was not good. It certainly didn't 
suggest that, okay, he might be ready to play golf later this year. I don't even know PGA tour wise when he could be possibly ready to go next year, but it's, it's very good. Now I'm going to say this. I watched the rain sessions and he talked about this on Tuesday when he sat down with us, walking is fine on flat surfaces and saw it firsthand. He seemed to be moving. There's a little giddy up in his hitch as he called it, but as long as it's flat, it's fine. Uh, I actually watched him try to climb some hills Uh-oh. last week in Albany. Oh, yeah, no, it's not good. I mean, and again, this goes back to someone who essentially had their leg, right leg rebuilt and who was very, very close to having it amputated. And that, I don't think that it should surprise anyone. But no, he wasn't moving like you would expect a soon to be 46 year old. He wasn't moving like you would expect a soon to be 66 year old, if I'm being honest, because it, he's going to oh struggle. God. Well, he's going to struggle and we're going to see it next week. I'm, I guess I'm trying to lay the groundwork for he can drive in a golf cart up to a point, but there are going to be hills and things he's going to have to traverse that people are going to see and they're going to be like, oh, no, that, that's not good at all. Now, it doesn't speak at all to where he might end up because we all know that Tiger Woods can do special things if Tiger Woods sets his mind to it. But as of right now, you are going to see a guy that's still limping around and not 100% on that leg. And what they were really looking for, according to people inside the camp, is really they, they just need to see if he can maintain some sort of athletic swing for two days. That's all they're trying to figure out here. Now, there are going to be pro-ams involved, but you can get around that. I mean, is I, I, actually going to play in those? I, I don't know. I, I, have read, I have reached out and asked. I'm not 100% sure of it. And, but to give you an idea of what the rain se- session looked like, on Saturday specifically, it lasted almost an hour that he went over to the backside of the range at Albany. That's extensive, Rex. That's but, not – you know, yeah. that's not doing a little testing. I mean, that's that's a legitimate range. That's longer than any range session I've ever had. Uh, yeah, no big surprise. Me too. And so I will say this. It was mostly wedges, eight irons, six irons, that kind of thing. I was told it was about 10 drivers. And again, Tiger talked about this endlessly, that the speed's not there. The ball's dropping out of the sky a little bit earlier than he expected it to. But th- Again, this is the perfect event for that because he doesn't have to drive the ball 320 yards. He probably won't drive the ball at all. So I, I think we are going to see cool things in this because my guess is he's been spending a lot of time on the putting green and chipping. And we would probably see a short game that's somewhere close to what we've come to expect. But I'm just trying to tamper expectations here. I wouldn't expect much from T to green. Yeah, I, I'm glad you made that distinction because it, it, it is an important one. Just because Tiger is playing the PNC does not mean he is a lock to play in the Masters. I, I mean, there is, there's a lot working in Tiger's favor here, not just the two rounds, but the fact that they're going to have golf carts, the fact that it is exceedingly low stakes. I mean, Charlie's encouragement is certainly going to play a role. JT's needling, I would, I would certainly expect that they would play the first round together before they repair base on the leaderboard that is not to say that this progress is not is nothing short of remarkable because it is but it does nothing to me in my opinion mean anything for his competitive future in the next let's say three to six months when you start looking at the players championship the masters the pga whatever the case may be it's that sort of distinction i i do believe needs to be made when you look at the pnc format rex you covered this Last year, Charlie's playing from the up tees. It almost seems like cheating because he is a very good player. You can look up his scores on any of the junior golf. You're worried about like, him spraying it and hitting banana balls. I'm saying he better he better make sure that thing's honed in. I mean, the 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 fairways, even though it is a resort course, we've you and I have both played this uh, the Ritz Carlton course in Orlando. Even though it is, is a resort course, it does pinch in. 
in certain spots. So he better be threading the needle. Otherwise, Tiger's going to be hitting a whole lot more drivers than perhaps he intends to. Whose back's going to hurt more after this, Charlie's or Tiger's? Oh, Charlie's just carrying him. Oh, yeah. Char- I, I mean. That's fantastic. But even in and of itself, that's so cool. It, like, trust me, it's going to blow up the internet. But it's going to be so cool watching Charlie turn around and tell Tiger, it's okay, I've got this. Yeah, he said he said that last year. I remember on on yeah. multiple occasions. You're right. I mean, Tiger was just along for the ride. I mean, if Tiger if if Charlie pipes one, like there is zero need for Tiger to hit drivers. Now it's probably unrealistic to think that Charlie's going to hit 14 or 14 fairways and leave themselves 110 in uh, on every single hole. That said, I don't anticipate Tiger hitting more than one to three drivers. I mean, he's it's just going to be. Oh, I was going to uh, say five. A, a short, five. I was going to say like a short iron clinic. He, he doesn't, why would he, why would he hit five drivers? Uh, well, again, I mean, I don't think that he Par gets fives, that big of an Par fives does not need hole. him. Par four is not going to need him. It's the, I mean, he's playing the forward tees. This is like cheating. Well, again, we're talking about a junior golfer. So take it easy on the cheating nonsense. And, and I will say this, just to put this in context, on Sunday before we left the Bahamas, someone had asked Justin Thomas, uh, about what last year was what's going like. what's going on there just some helicopter crash? flying overhead which is sure. weird that, that never happens yeah um i do not live in a flight zone so i'm not quite sure what's happening um mm, take care but jt that. was asked about last year and he won the event with his dad mike and he almost became a little emotional talking about at the time you probably don't put much thought into it but then when your dad sinks the winning putt and you have two have played in this event together and you shared something he's able to share what you do for a living that it kind of registers on a different level. It hits differently in that particular situation. And it's the exact same thing with Tiger Woods, because again, if we were talking about him playing Bay Hill, or if this came up around Torrey Pines, it's not even a conversation. The only reason this matters is because Charlie's sitting, staring at him all day long. Why aren't you at the range? Why aren't you putting? And there there was this unique motivation that I don't think Tiger's ever had his entire career. And Rex, I don't think, and maybe this is a, a pessimist view. I don't think it's unrealistic to think that this could be the only event that Tiger plays from now on. I mean, he said himself that it is a long way to go before he can compete against the best players in the world on a major championship setup in the biggest events in the world. I mean, it is possible. It is possible that he will never be able to gear himself up for that fact. I mean, you talk about how the way Tiger's walking right now, and certainly he's going to continue his rehab uh, in full force for the foreseeable future. However, Augusta National is one of the most difficult walks in all of golf for even able-bodied 25-year-olds. And so, yeah, maybe he hits a roadblock in his recovery. Maybe he can't get his swing speed where he wants it. Maybe the best scores that he can shoot in practice or around 72, and he says to himself, you know what, you know, I just don't have it enough to, to compete against the best players in the world. That is all possible. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's possible. And so you look at the father-son, and if Tiger can play this every single year, I think he'd be satisfied with that. <clears throat> he likes to see Charlie's growth. He likes to see his development. He likes to see how he's going to handle himself on the golf course, how he handles himself on this stage. You think about the way Tiger looked in December 2020, even though he was dealing uh, with another back injury that uh, apparently would lead to a surgery just a week or two later. I mean, he was beaming with pride at the way that Charlie comported himself 
uh, on the golf course. So the shots that he was hitting and kind of the focus that he showed in what was a hit and giggle competition. I think Tiger, if he dusted his hands of PJ Tour competition, if major championships, if the 2019 Masters was the last major championship that he's going to win, I think he'd be satisfied with that. He said it back in 2015, all this is gravy. I think he truly believes that now when it comes to his competition. You know there's a mute button, so when you clear your throat next time, just not that the audience doesn't want to hear your flimmy clearing of the throat, but just... It was a little just, frog. It was a frog. Look, no, I understand. Look, we've, 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 got the, we've got the long throw up front. Uh, my, as a professional my broadcaster, I'm just my pointing out... My three-month-old baby's about to start howling. The, the dog's going to start barking. I mean, that's, that's the least of our concerns, a little phlegm that, that, that popped up there. This is, this is cold season. You look like a homeless person. You realize that, right? I can't, there's no, there's literally no time for me to get a haircut. Apparently who knew great clips. You now need uh, appointment times to get a haircut. Is that like a everybody, pandemic thing? Everybody, yes. Everybody knew that. Everyone who's well, got a haircut the last two years knows that. Well, it's been a problem because I've been uh, in the throes of reporting these features that we uh, have now uh, running on golfchannel.com this week. Uh, the reality of a young pro did a feature that dropped today on George Cunningham, a feature that drops tomorrow on Monica Vaughn. Both of these are 3,500 word plus features that require a lot of time, writing, reporting, outlining, editing. This was a lengthy process. I'm not going to lie. I did not have the time to get a haircut. I'm not proud of the way I look. That's why my my screen, uh, my video has, has stopped. We filmed what, like eight or nine, end of year videos uh kind of recapping the top storylines of the year I, i'm not pr- i'm not proud of the way i looked uh i did shave at least but but yeah we're probably just gonna have to uh hunker down here until january 3rd where i can get uh my newborn into daycare and i can go to great clips and apparently get a appointment that i needed two weeks earlier yeah everyone knows you uh, and i actually took a screenshot that i'm going to post along with the, the link to this podcast if anyone is curious let's put some this doesn't have to be the theater of the mind that i'm going to show people how much of a homeless person you actually look like but i, I can't appreciate being my video is stopped how did you how did you capture that oh i snuck it in right before we started the, the pod I, I knew it was coming because oh again we had a very important meeting yesterday we're both uh, board members on, on golf riders association of america we had a very important board meeting yesterday and Brian Labner shows up looking like a hobo, looking like you just stepped off a train in 1920. Well, look, I had, I was doing it on my phone. So like, I'm not even sure why my video started in the first place. So I had it in my pocket. And then once I realized that the video was actually rolling, I mean, we've all had those sort of awkward moments, whether you like you butt dial for FaceTime, or whatever the case is, like we did not want the video on. It's shooting up my nose. You, you know, it's, it's a unflattering image of my, of my belly. Uh, and I quickly, quickly shut it down. But yeah, I, look, this is tough. Wife went back to work yesterday after maternity leave. Uh, Lily and I are hunkering down for the next couple of weeks solo. We're just going to try and make do. She well, doesn't look say. like a homeless person. She looks like a precious angel. No, but she, boy, does she eat a lot. I'm, I'm quickly realizing that now that I uh, am the one fetching her bottles uh, all day. All she does is eat. It kind of feels like me who just kind of grazes Grazes in the pantry for for nine hours a day. I am going to say this though. One last thing on just the tiger front, and it's a phenomenon that. Oh, we are we are we getting back to tiger now? 
just real quick, just to go out okay. on this. Okay. I, and th- not a phenomenon that, that we've touched on for a year now, which is kind of amazing. But And I'm not going to say we forgot what he brings to the game, but there is a next level. Certainly in the Bahamas, there was a next level. Just him being on property produces a buzz. When you have players asking you, how does he look? Does he look fit? Does he look happy? I think you're going to see the same thing. That Ritz-Carlton can't take a lot of fans. So it's going to be a limited capacity crowd, but it will be at capacity. Because I think everyone wants to see firsthand what we got kind of glimpses of last week. Like, how is this possible? How was the million-dollar man rebuilt after almost losing his leg in what was a horrific car crash? And he's so compelling. And again, we haven't experienced this in a year, but you kind of go numb to the idea that, oh, a golf tournament can be like this. It can be a frenzy. It can, he, we do have rock stars in golf, and that's certainly going to be the case next week at the Father's Son. Yeah, I look forward to watching that. December 18th and uh, 19th in Orlando. It will be uh, on both Golf Channel and NBC. Rex, you mentioned you were at the Hero. It was sort of a wild finish. I mean, everyone thought that it, that would be a coronation for Colin Morikawa. He had a five-shot lead heading into the fourth and final round. Had he converted that, he would have uh, risen and leapfrogged John Rahm for the number one spot. And instead, a uh, really disappointing day, uh, especially with all that was considered at stake for Kyle Morikawa, opening the door for Victor Hovland, king of the uh, resort setup, to erase a six-shot lead or six-shot deficit and end up winning the Hero World Challenge, his third title of 2021, move to number seven, in the world ranking Rex besides tiger uh, you did have uh, the top players in the world assembled in the Bahamas. What was kind of your big takeaway uh, from the week that was, I mean, I was stunned that Morikawa didn't get it done. It did feel like a coronation. I mean, he was going to become world number one and he was going to do it with style points. And even though the math and formula was going to make it a little funny because he was only going to be world number one for a week, it was still, it felt still felt like a moment still felt like something we're going to celebrate. And, and I am, completely on board with your boy now i have been in the past a little skeptical simply because a little I skeptical the world number two amazing well i wasn't skeptical when he was world number two i was skeptical when he was well outside i'm gonna say at least the you top. won the open championship and you were still skeptical simply uh no 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 i think after that I, I started to get on board it was after he won the pga championship when i was skeptical let's be clear about this i don't i don't want you railroading me and it's because in his words not mine he putted awful after winning that PGA championship. And I, I did a report last week. I called Marco Mira just about, because the one thing, and, you know, we're both going to write the story of Colin Morikawa this year at some point over the next few weeks. And it was like a very innocent conversation at the summit club in Las Vegas. And he's walking around the putting green and Marco Mira is there. And he walks up and just asks him about what is this claw, like, claw grip? Like, or saw, I'm sorry, saw. And you, what are you doing here? What are you trying to accomplish and it's, it's funny. I asked Colin about it last week and his eyes just lit up. Like he remembers the conversation. Mark remembers the conversation about the reason Mark switched and keep in mind, Mark had won the masters. So you don't win that with a bad putting stroke, but Mark, and when I talked to him admitted he had developed the yips, he had developed, he called it a little bit too much right hand, a little bit too much hit in his right hand, but been there that by any definition, yes, you have. That, by any definition, is the yips, and that's the dirty word. I know it's the dirtiest word I'm ever going to use on this podcast, but for all the reasons that Mark had gone to, it started to resonate with Morikawa that, oh, I kind of have those same things 
let me give it a shot. And he put it in play in Los Angeles, missed the cut, didn't play great. But he immediately knew that, yes, this is for me because I can control the speed. And I think you can point to everything that occurred this year, which by all accounts has been a magical year for him that he ended even without a victory. He still got engaged last week. So Morikawa still had a pretty good week in the Bahamas. But you can kind of trace it all back to that one conversation. And, oh, because my only hitch on him, he's a, he's a wonderful iron player, drives it fine. It isn't by any wonderful. means. Wonderful. He's a generational iron player. Yeah, he is a generational player. It's funny. I asked Marco Mira, who, who spent a lot of time, as we all know, with Tiger Woods early in his career. But in this context, and I go, everyone talks about Morikawa being, you know, a generational long iron player. And how would you compare him to TW in his prime? And, and I don't want to put words in Mark's mouth, but it didn't sound like it was much of a competition. That Morikawa was very, very good, but Tiger Woods at his best in full flight, I don't think can be compared to anyone. Well, that's not fair. I mean, Tiger it's Woods not fair in his no, 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 athletic no. prime. Yes, it is. It's a, it's it's an A and it's a B flight. Uh, and I think it's a really, really good B flight. I give it a B yes. plus flight. Yeah, of course. However, yeah, it's just you can't even hold a candle to him. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt that that was a turning point for Morikawa. He a couple of weeks later won at concession. Uh, and I detailed that story of his putting change uh, that week in what late February. But 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 Rex, I think your point is is well taken that statistically by any metric Kyle Morikawa is not a good putter in fact statistics show that he is actually a below average putter however I think he has proven in his very young career that he can be situationally great on the greens that was apparent obviously at Harding Park uh, where he led the field not just in strokes gain approach but also putting that is normally going to get it done that was the exact same scenario that happened at concession where he led the field in uh, strokes gain approach as well as strokes game putting. No wonder he blew away the field there. And look, that was the case, even though the we don't have the advanced statistics. Anecdotally, that was certainly the case uh, at the Open Championship this past year where he outdueled Jordan Spieth, of all players, uh, down the stretch to claim his second major championship and his first Open in his very first start. This is a dude who, when he gets a good feel on the greens, when he gets in crunch time, uh, yeah, he is probably going to convert how about your boy javi he's up to number seven in the world ranking three wins this year Uh, i kind of made the joke to someone i don't even know if it's funny that i wonder if he thinks that saint andrews is a tropical resort because you look at uh the victories that that, uh victor hovland has had over his career mayacoba puerto rico i mean he's won now in the bahamas a couple of other places this is a dude who just thrives in these laid-back environments which is certainly uh, kind of indicative of his personality as well. How'd that joke land? Not very well, especially when I say it out loud now. It's like, ooh, boy, that's brutal. Yeah. Hey, are you happy with it? No? No. I wonder if Kaz can edit that out. No, no, we're keeping it in. Kaz, 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 Kaz you're listening. Help me out here. Uh, I wasn't hard, much hard better. I actually, I actually went with Tropical Slam to kind of explain what he did. So he's got Puerto Rico, two in Mexico, and now one in the Bahamas. Uh, it and it's funny. I mean, you're talking about a kid from Norway. We asked him about it, and he goes, it's not like I grew up anything close to this. The grasses were completely different, and normally I, I had three layers on. So I just think it's somewhere where he feels comfortable. Maybe driving the ball is a little bit more of a premium, and it, uh, certainly that was the case in Albany. And it, That's one thing he does very, very well. I, I'm just curious how he evolves as a player. I mean, you were very, very high on him coming out of college. And I would ask you this because you, no one covered them closer than you did. And I'm, I'm talking about the, the collective group of them being Colin Moore, Kyle, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf. And we, I think we've had this conversation 
But if you had to buy stock in one right right now, which one would it be? I would say Victor Hovlin. Um, really? He yeah. I, he actually has the most room for improvement, um, which is kind of scary. I think. I think Cal Morikawa, oddly enough, will end up with the best career. But I think Victor Hovlin probably has the biggest upside because he's the most complete player. I always thought that Matthew Wolf was kind of going to be hit or miss. I certainly think he's the most marketable uh, of the three. I think he's probably going to be end up being the most popular um, of the three. But Victor Hovland's the completeness of his game, but he also, oddly enough, has the highest ceiling because he can still get even better. I mean, he's just like Morikawa. He's a sharpshooter, but season over season. I mean, you look at his short game stats and his putting statistics. I mean, they are way, way up. And so if he can continue that sort of trajectory, uh, then yeah, he's going to be a very special player as well. And and look, Kyle Morikawa, eventually he's going to have to find more distance. That is the way the game's headed. You just wonder. No, I would argue. Like why? If you look at the history of the game, I, I mean, Pea shooters just don't just don't hold up over the long term. And that's just like you have to be at least average length and potentially above average length to have any sort of dominant reign uh, as the top player in the world. I, I guess I would agree with you. I just think he's so compl- I mean, he's such a complete iron player. I mean, I was just looking at his statistics. And if if this putting if the saw grip really leads to more consistency, I, I was just glancing at that too. I mean, he's still losing almost a half a stroke around, even with his improved. He, like putting. he just he just needs to be average. He just needs to be an average putter, and he's going to win five or six times a year. Yes, if he comes in zero, you're right. If he doesn't give or take one way or the other in the strokes gain category, it's going to be a very very special week. Now you can say that about Rory. You can say that about Dustin Johnson. I mean, you can say that about other players for but different in particular. Reasons. But I mean, Morikawa's strengths are so dramatic. They are so overwhelming compared to his PJ tour peers that just a slight uptick in that area can, can lead to some really uh, enormous dividends. Which, which interesting question. Can you, can you be a hall of fame player? And again, I don't want to put those. He has a, he's, he's already, a, he's already a hall of fame player with three of the five. If you're a three tool player and you're missing two, you know, the two other tools, can you be a hall of fame player? I think you can. I think you're right. Of course, of course you can. I mean, so that's why, like, Morikawa is not going anywhere. I'm just saying, does he have the potential to be, you know, a a, a 300 week type guy at world number one? I would say, I would say no. In fact, if you ask me, who would you want for 2022, John Rom or Kyle Morikawa? I would actually say John Rom. I think his 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 overall game. Uh, is more conducive to a monster year than, than Morikawa's. I mean, everything needs to align for Morikawa to rip off five or six wins. John Rahm, it almost seems like he could do that kind of with his B-plus game. And I will say this, and I think we touched on it before, the, the Ryder Cup went so poorly for the Europeans. and I, it, did? Very, uh, it did, yes. I don't know if that's a big surprise to anyone, at least on this side of the Atlantic. But I was curious of what kind of impact that could have on Victor. I mean, that's your first one. It's on American soil. The pressure is unlike anything you're probably going to face in your entire career. And some guys probably would have taken that and just wanted to crawl up on the couch for a couple of months and been like, don't ever do this again. Like that was a terrible idea. I never want to be in that situation. And it's, it's kind of amazing 
how quickly he just seemed to move on. It was all right. It was a bad week. Time to move on. I mean, I think I think it was so overwhelmingly bad. I mean, the fact that it was an absolute blowout, I think that's almost easier (laughs) to take than, let's say, had he been in one of the critical matches late, lost it. And that's the reason why the European side lost. You know what I mean? No, and I agree with that entirely. And the other one I did want to point out, the other storyline that kind of popped up at, at the Hero, at least on Sunday, was Scotty Scheffler. And I'm amazed that we, at least this fall, that week in and week out, he seemed to keep putting himself into the conversation. And we're going to fall back on, because we feel like the only stat that matters in this sport sometimes is wins and losses. And I think that's a terrible way to gauge a player. But we're always going to fall back on that. But I just think across the board, He's turning into such a solid and dependable player. I don't know that it, to put him in the context that you just tried to put more Kawa. Is he a 300 week at world number one guy? No, no, I, no, no, definitely not. But I can see him being a top 10 player for a very, very long time. So your big takeaway was the play of Scotty Scheffler, not Sam Burns, who is now a top 10 player in the world. Sam Burns, who you seemingly neglect to talk about every single week on this podcast. Scotty Scheffler is the player that you're, buying stock in, not Sam Burns, who, unlike Scotty Scheffler, uh, actually has a couple of PJ Tour wins to his credit? I wish, I, I wish Sam Burns had been in that auditorium at LSU when Brian Kelly came in and introduced himself as a true Southerner. Welcome yeah, to the family. Where'd you, to the family. Where'd, you get, where'd you get that Southern accent from? Where'd that come from? Is that, is that, did you pick that up in South, uh, in South Bend? Was that a Notre Dame thing? No? Oh, that was embarrassing. Right, we have been teasing our year-end awards week in and week out. They're clearly not Folks, going to come this week. They're not going to come gonna, next week. It ain't going to happen this week. Uh, ain't going to happen next week either, just to be clear. Why not? You know Tiger Woods is playing next week. We just spent 30 minutes talking about Tiger Woods playing. He's not playing until Saturday or Sunday. I mean. What are you going right. to have? What are you have reports from his practice round on Friday? Uh, probably. I mean, I guess you, you don't want to hear him. But, yes, I will have reports from his practice round. Are you going to be the central reporter again? Uh, I am not. No, I'm just scribing it next week. Scribing just it. A, just a lowly scribe. You hate That's to see it. So happy uh, to be back. That, 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 you know, you have no idea what you, what you do. You absolutely, you would be the only one to do it. Does have an idea when you walk away from that set and those lights and all that noise and all that pressure. And you sit down at your laptop. It's like a warm, comfy blanket. Oh my God. There's not, I there's nothing I crave more than like the first five minutes after doing a TV hit. I mean, just it's it's cliche, but like the weight that is lifted, like your 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 spirits, your spirits happier, like you're just a little lighter on your feet, your your mind's a little bit more at ease. Like there is nothing like hearing you're clear, uh, and then you can actually uh, go off and do uh, what it is that we do for a living, which is very uh, un, which is very unimportant. Uh, so, uh, uh, fervent listeners to the Golf Central podcast presented by Cowboy Golf, we honestly. We don't know what we're going to do next week. We may do PGA Tour awards. We, we, we may wait till Thursday or Friday where we can get Rex's impressions of Tiger Woods during a practice round, which, of course, I'm still skeptical. He's actually going to play a full practice round as opposed to just a little chipping and putting here or there and then zipping off around uh, the Ritz-Carlton. And then, who knows, maybe even going over to the Hoggards uh, for dinner. Uh, Rex, uh, glad you made it home safely from the Bahamas. Rest up because you'll have a very eventful uh, PNC championship just like last year. Thank you guys for listening to this emergency edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by Cowboy Golf. If you missed it, if for some reason you're just now listening, Tiger Woods, Son Charlie, 
back at the PNC Championship. Who tunes into the end of a podcast? Who knows? Maybe maybe they somehow stumble upon this at like the 38-minute mark. I just, (laughs) I can't be certain. If it did, he is back in probably 10 months after that terrifying wreck. So thank you guys for listening to this edition of the podcast. We'll talk to you next week. At some point, we just don't really know when.